It is a very good afternoon. It is Nile Boyle with the Nile Boyle podcast. Folks, show they told me to shut up. Yeah, that's what we call it, by the way, because they have told me to shut up. I don't know who they are, by the way. People often ask about they. Who are they? Ah, it's society. It's the establishment. It was my school when I was a child. Now, before we start today, can I, I just thank everybody who turned up at the RDS on Saturday. Over a thousand people were seated in the RDS on Saturday and we spoke about free speech. Myself and many other speakers, including Helen Joyce, uh, Ben uh, Scallon, who was there, of course, John McGurk from Grip Media, and many others as well, by the way, some great speakers, Senator Sharon Keoghan, and uh, I think it was a, a day that was enjoyed by everybody. Uh, we could have filled the place twice, thanks to Alex, of course, from Free Speech Ireland, who organised the whole event, and Grip Media, who were involved in the organisation as well. It was a wonderful event, and I'm sure we will be doing it again. We had a great debate, myself and Ben, and Michael Schellenberger, of course, who came from the United States of America to talk about free speech here in Ireland. Also, by the way, it's important that we also react to something else. Because before we get into today's topic, many people are going to be giving out going, Noel, why aren't you talking about the guy that was stabbed at Dublin Airport? It's a shocking, shocking story. And again, one that shows us that Ireland society is breaking down to some degree because of the amount of stabbings and beatings and murders and things that were happening on a regular basis. And of course, there's a video circulating of a man being arrested. Um, and people are saying, well, hold on for a second. Why aren't you talking about the fact that it's an asylum seeker now? Well, we don't know if it's an asylum seeker. And many people are giving out to the media saying, oh, why aren't you talking about the fact that it's an asylum seeker? We don't know if it's an asylum seeker. The man could just be happen to be a black person. And you're, you're assuming he's an asylum seeker. We will find out from the Garda Press Office, I assume, over the next course, the next few days, exactly what his status is in the country. And if that comes to pass, well, then we shall talk about that in that way. But for the moment, let's just hope the man who had multiple stab wounds, by the way, uh, the source, I believe, was a penknife that was used to attack him randomly outside Dublin Airport. And the emergency services were attended the scene very quickly, as did the airport police, and arrested the man within 90 seconds. So fair play to them, by the way. Well done. Um... We don't know the reason. We believe it was just random, as I said. We will find out who the man in his 50s, by the way, is that was arrested at the scene. Um, but hopefully the individual who is the victim uh, will get have a full recovery because that is a shocking, shocking incident and should be treated, by the way, as attempted murder. Um, we will be going to our callers very shortly, but we have a bit to talk about first before we do that. Now, I want to talk about Russell Brand today. And... Many people, by the way, will have seen the documentary over the weekend. By the time the In Plain Sight documentary aired on Saturday evening, the horrifying accusations had been laid out in black and white in the Times website for several hours. But the dispatches, Philip, on Channel 4 still managed to add a whole new dimension to already harrowing claims. Let's have a little look at the trailer. And I will warn you before we go to the trailer that, um, you know, if you're one of those kind of people that's faint-hearted and upset by accusations of a sexual nature, maybe it's time to turn your ears off for a second. And if there's kids in the car, if you happen to be listening to the car and there's kids in the car, I will warn you that there is some, obviously, words that you might not want your kids to hear. Let's go listen to the trailer for the Dispatches programme. Somebody thought what it was regarding, and I said, that's regarding Russell Brand being a sex offender. I phoned and somebody thought what it was regarding, and I said, that's regarding Russell Brand being a sex offender. More than a year, Channel 4 dispatches The Times and The Sunday Times had been investigating Russell Brand's treatment of women. The allegations include rape, sexual assault and controlling an emotional, abusive behaviour. He's grabbing at my, my underwear 
pulling it to the side. I'm telling him to get off me, and he won't get off. Like holding me up against the wall, pushing himself in me. He grabbed me and got me on the bed. I was fully clothed, and he was naked at this point. And he held me down, and he was just aggressively trying to, you know, me. I was like, "Oh my God, he raped me." He um, forced his penis down my throat, and I couldn't breathe. It was just choking me. I was crying, and he said, "Oh, I only want to see your mascara run anyway." <laughs> them, them blowjobs where mascara runs a little bit. <laughs> Good. Five women agreed to share their stories in the particular documentary on dispatches on Channel Four. Four have asked to remain anonymous, and their voices or other identifying features were changed to protect their anonymity. I've never ever spoken publicly about this before. Russell seems untouchable. It's called Russell Brand in plain sight. If you watch on Saturday night, it was quite harrowing to watch. With its montage of clips from Brand's TV and radio back catalogue, many of which have been taken from Channel 4's archives, uh, from such shows as Big Brother and The Big Mouth, as they called it, or the 90-minute film suggested how his comedy threw up alarming red flags over and over again. And it opened with footage, as I said already, of Brand's 2006, you might have seen it there, his stand-up special, where he talks about the oral sex and the things that I suppose the women spoke about in that particular video. Now, there were accounts, as I said, from four women who made claims uh, from sexual assault to rape. Nadia, a woman from Los Angeles, claimed he raped her violently. Alice, who was 16, claims he sexually abused her and treated her like a toy whilst taking away her virginity at 16 years of age. She claimed he sent a driver to pick her up from school. Runners who worked on shows with him and a woman who worked on him claimed he exposed himself on a regular basis to them and tried to assault them or suggested they give, uh, that they give him a blowjob. And since the documentary aired, more women uh, with unconfirmed stories have come forward. But as of yet, it's really important to mention that none of these women have made a formal complaint to the Met Police who said they welcome any woman who wants to come forward and they will support them and listen to them. So far, these are only allegations that could be true and may not be true. But indeed, if they are true, they're quite disturbing. And Russell Brand has never denied that he's a sex addict and was promiscuous during his early part of his career, as well as having a drug problem. He's never denied, and in fact written, uh, quite a lot about his sexual addiction and appetite for the type of sex described by the accusers. Many people are horrified by the allegations, but as many are saying, he's been some, or some people are suggesting, he's been set up by the media and denies all the allegations made against him. Now, he put out a video on Friday before this documentary went out, um, and have a listen, because it would be only fair because we play the trailer dispatches, it would only be fair to play what Russell Brand said on Friday, which is the last statement we have from Russell Brand. He hasn't spoken since this. So have a listen to what Russell Brand said. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Now, this isn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack and undermine the news in all its corruption, because in this story, I am the news. I've received two extremely disturbing letters, or a letter and an email, one from a mainstream media TV company, one from a newspaper listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks, as well as some pretty stupid stuff, like uh, my community festival should be stopped, that I shouldn't be able 
able to attack mainstream media narratives on this channel. But amidst this litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies. And as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question is there another agenda at play? Particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before, like with Joe Rogan, when he dared to take a medicine that the mainstream media didn't approve of. And we saw a spate of headlines from media outlets across the world using the same language. I'm aware that you guys have been saying in the comments for a while, watch out, Russell, they're coming for you. You're getting too close to the truth. Russell Brand did not kill himself. I know that a year ago, there was a spate of articles. Russell Brand's a conspiracy theorist. Russell Brand's right wing. I'm aware of news media making phone calls, sending letters to people I know for ages and ages. It's been clear to me, or at least it feels to me like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kind of spaces and these kind of voices. And I mean my voice along with your voice. I don't mind them using my books and my stand up to talk about my promiscuous consensual conduct in the past. What I seriously refute are these very, very serious criminal allegations. Also, it's worth mentioning that there are witnesses whose evidence directly contradicts the narratives that these two mainstream media outlets are trying to construct, apparently in what seems to me to be a coordinated attack. Now, I don't want to get into this any further because of the serious nature of the allegations, but I feel like I'm being attacked and plainly they are working very closely together. We are obviously going to look into this matter because it's very, very serious. In the meantime, I want you to stay close, stay awake, but more important than any of that, if you can, please stay free. Well, there's Russell Brand and what he has to say. And as you said, he denies any criminality whatsoever. He doesn't deny the fact that he was promiscuous. He doesn't deny the fact he's a sex addict. In fact, he said that he's been very transparent about that throughout his whole career. Um, but I want to know from you, and I don't want to, what I don't want to know from you today is whether you believe he's innocent or guilty, because that is not why we're here today. What I want to know is, do you think what they're doing is fair? Is it trial by media? Or is it in the public interest? Because I hear a lot of people today saying, including very famous con uh, commentators online, you know, let's just wait and see does somebody make a complaint to the police. And let's see is there a trial and a, a trial with a jury who decide whether he is guilty or innocent of a crime. But as of yet, nobody has gone to the police. This is just a documentary by Channel 4. But is that fair? Because the normal procedure, if somebody has an issue with somebody, be they raped or assaulted or whatever it is, and indeed, if by the way, if it is true, I feel so sorry for those victims. But if it's not true, I feel sorry for Russell Brand. So what I'm saying to you is, is it fair that they run a documentary before anybody's even been charged with a crime? Or is that trial by media? Or maybe you're one of those people who believe, no, we're entitled to know this. This is in the interest of the general public and we need to know these things. Let me know what you think. The number, as usual, 085 122 That's 085 122 uh, Let me go to Wayne, if I can. Wayne, hi, how are you? How are you doing, Mel? Uh, Wayne, I don't know whether you watched the documentary uh, Dispatches on Saturday night. I did watch it myself. I watched it on Sunday in catch-up, actually. And it is quite disturbing to watch. There's no doubt about that. 
Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I didn't catch the entirety of it. I tried to catch as much of it as possible. But again, it's a very slick production with some basis, I assume, as I don't think they would put themselves out there without some corroboration. But the problem is, without law enforcement behind it, um, it really doesn't hold the level of weight that I think is required for charges that are so incredibly serious and damaging to a person and their reputation. Mm. And I don't think that's considered when they put these out there. He's already being judged. So this means that impartiality under the law becomes more challenging. And in the public, it's almost impossible. And I think that that's an unfair balance that they have put forward. For anybody else, maybe not for Russell Brand because he has such a huge following. He's 4.2 million followers on Twitter and he's very influential uh, when it comes to speaking out. So maybe he could bounce back from this if indeed it's discovered that there's no uh, complaints made to the police. Um, but in saying that, you are right. It's hugely damaging to his reputation and career. Now, there is no doubt that his behaviour, depending on your morals, by the way, is inappropriate. And he has admitted that himself. Absolutely. I mean, he has a history, but I think, again, he's been as honest and transparent as he has been to hold his hands up and own up to those shortcomings. Now, again, I can say neither fan nor a detractor of him, but I appreciate when somebody tries to make good on a bad past. And I think when you look at this, people will look at his comedy stand-up. And remember, com comedy is an exaggerated reality. He isn't talking about individual instances. He's taken motivation from them for sure, and then he's exaggerated them and turned them up to 11. I don't think that those should be contextually applied here, but I also don't think that they should be disregarded because obviously it comes from a place of honesty. I think the major challenge here is these are some of the most serious allegations you can put forward for somebody. And the absence of a criminal application is a big one for me. Now, if there is context behind that, that they tried to make them, the police wouldn't engage, then that's very different. But I've heard nothing to support that notion. So essentially, they've made public allegations, but not legal allegations. And again, it's now, just... One of the women, put, Nadia, yeah. back in uh, 2007, I think it was, she did say mm -hmm. that after the incident on the night in question... Now, according to him, he will say, because there's a text, there's text back and forward, which they showed on screen, that he was referring to the fact that he didn't wear a condom, but she was referring to the fact that she didn't give consent. That's, I'm sure, what the argument will be. But she did say she went to a right crisis network uh, that day. She did get examined and her underwear were taken as evidence, um, but nothing, or she didn't pursue it after that. That's what she says. Now, we don't have, I don't have any evidence of that, and, and the show didn't show any evidence of that, or any signed documents by the police or anything like that, so I don't know if that's true. The other most damning one, I think, for a lot of people would be this girl who claimed she was 16 at the time, and he sent a driver to her house to pick her up and bring her to his house where she lost her virginity, and he, she essentially claims that he used her as a sex toy, so much so she had to punch him in the stomach to get her away from him. They're quite serious allegations, particularly at 16 years of age. But again... It's her word against his. Uh, we don't know if that's true. Uh, we can only go by what she says. And, and by the way, I'm always one of these people who believe we should listen to people. To any victims, there are people who claim they're victims who are coming forward. We absolutely listen. I don't buy into the line that was thrown out years ago that every woman should be believed. Every person should be listened to and supported. But we don't believe anybody till we find out the truth. Absolutely. And that's why we have investigations so that we can corroborate the information, because a lot of these things on paper will sound rational. But without a backup, you know, there's not really a lot we can do in these unfortunate circumstances. Again, take everything seriously, but take it critically. We can't 
just go ahead and make decisions based on assertions that have a basis and backup for all of these things. Otherwise, if you put any average person in that situation, this can be absolutely catastrophic. And is, is, it fair to these documentaries? is it fair to, to put these documentaries, because they'll say it's in the interest of the general public, because these are celebrities. I mean, the, the same thing obviously happened with Jimmy Savile. Mind you, he had died before they put the documentary out. Uh, but if he had yeah. been alive, they probably would have put it out anyway. So is it fair to put out these documentaries? We've seen them in the past, these exposés on people before any criminal charges are actually made. Is it fair to do that? Unfortunately, it's a yes and no, because the Savile situation shows you what happens when there can be malfeasance and when there is protection of celebrities. I don't want that, but I equally don't want to see people put out there to be publicly flogged without the required level of evidence. So it really is that catch between do we trust in journalistic integrity or not? And the problem is back then and now, I think the answer is still no. We don't really trust in journalistic ethics. And as a result, we don't think that they're in the best place to be trusted that this is truth. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, journalists make mistakes. And we've seen that in the past. And not only make mistakes, journalists intentionally make mistakes, if you know what I mean, because they journalists have been guilty of manipulating the general public in the past. And what have some people have suggested is that when you put these documentaries out, it turns into a witch hunt. In other words, what it does then is encourages other people who may have vexatious claims to come forward. It may encourage genuine victims to come forward, but it also may encourage those who are just looking for a, you know, a quid's in to come forward too. Absolutely. And you want those people to come forward, the genuine ones, because you want genuine predators and perpetrators to be caught and to be taken seriously. But again, it is jumping the gun. And I think it happened a lot in the Me Too movement. It started with the best of intentions and then unfortunately turned into a witch hunt. And now it's once again muddied the waters of victims and people using the victimhood to try and gain notoriety. So it's a very challenging one. And again, what gets lost in this is there's genuine victims who are always on the wrong side of these things. Stay there for a second with me if you can, Wayne. Morrison's going to come to you in a second. First, I just want to put out the phone number and take a quick break. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. And all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast. The Niall Boylan Podcast. Let me go to Morris if I can. Morris, hi, how are you? Uh, good, thanks. So I just wanted to say in relation to, like, if you look at Michael Jackson, for instance, a lot of people were making um, false claims about him. And unfortunately, he felt that he had to um, make a deal and pay out money before it ever went to court. And it was proven that these people who made false allegations were li lying about him. And it's just that people perceived that he looked strange. A lot of his, you know, his demeanor was strange. But, you know, he, he like he suffered a lot of abuse from his, especially from his dad and stuff. And like, if you look at, for instance, what happened to the guy who played in the Suits um, series, he's Kevin, been proven innocent. Who Kevin Spacey, and, is it? No, not Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. And like his career like, was destroyed. Having, yes. Yeah. yeah and he's, he's trying to salvage his career. Like, like. Like that's the, the damage that those types of allegations make, and no matter how many times, unfortunately, it seems you, you you're proven innocent in whatever court. Um, it seems that it's those types of allegations. No matter what way you're found, you're just in the public's uh, opinion, you're you're guilty. It's like what happened with the Belfast rape trial, mm -hmm. and I watched that, and I'm like, in relate, like whatever happened, what happened, like for instance, if you, like. If, like, we're not living in a religious state. 
So, you know, whatever you, as long as everything is consensual, for instance, whatever happens in, uh, in, a, in a private scene, that's fine. Um, but uh, like, yeah, as long as it's instance, consent, like of course. A lot of comments about, like, on the WhatsApp stuff was, like, I, I thought that was, was very bad. And, but, like, how a lot of people were, I'm from, when we were talking about it, perceived, and I'm assuming the jury looked, when they looked at all the evidence and a, a girl came in, it was at the party, came up halfway through it or whatever, and that was probably the saving grace of them. Well, well, with, with the Belfast trial, not, and, and this is what's important, and you point, you made something, a very important point there, right? And I said this at the time of the Belfast trial when people had their all, all, they all had their own opinions because people still presumed they were guilty for whatever reason, right? They were found not guilty by a jury of their peers. We weren't there. We weren't at the trial. And when it comes to sexual assault and rape, generally speaking, it's one person's word against another. So it's up to a jury to decide who they believe is being sincere and who they believe is telling the truth. And in that particular case, the jury can see them. They can hear all the evidence. We only heard the snippets that were reported, you know, by the court reporters. So we wouldn't have heard all the evidence, the little small details and everything else. So the jury are the ones who are sitting there. And if we're suggesting yeah. for a minute that a jury are incapable of making a decision, then we might as well just get rid of the justice system. So in other words, we have to accept the jury's view. Yeah, like, and in, in my opinion, from what I got from it was... Unless it's O.J. Simpson, of course. Like, like for instance, like it, what it looked like from all the evidence, I'm assuming the jury saw it as well, that she probably could have thought that maybe someone had... She had a... It was being recorded like by whoever came in or, mm. you know, and maybe she wanted to make sure, because, like, if that got to her parents, for instance, like, for instance, Northern Ireland is very conservative in a lot of areas, and, um, so... No, look, like, no, I, I get the point you're making, I don't want to venture into... No, I do get the point you're making, Morris, and I don't want to venture into another another case, yeah. but in relation to this particular story, I mean... Like, Russell you, Brand was, like, I, I, I think that's false, because, like, I disagree with Russell Brand on a lot of issues, especially economic issues, um, but like on a lot of issues, he's been very honest and open. And also, like when you look at who he was married to, for instance, who would have been considered one of the uh, most beautiful women in the public media, like Katy Perry, for instance, and he just decided to oh, end the relationship via text. And I remember seeing a video of her before a concert, and she was in bits. So like it doesn't add up really. And also, the likes of Katy Perry would be coming out saying. X, Y, Z about Russell Brand, but I'm not hearing anything from Katy Perry. Well, not so. for the moment, we're not, anyway. But do you do you think it's fair? I mean, look, let's not call anybody a liar or anybody for telling the truth on this particular show. What we want to do is establish whether we believe it's right. Title. Yeah, okay, so do you, you believe it's wrong to put it out on TV first? Yeah, because like, like it, it sabotages the whole thing because everyone straight away, it's like, it's, it's like the person who's been accused is guilty and has to prove that they're innocent. That's that's not how the system's supposed to run. Like in certain countries, that's the system. Like if you go to Japan, for instance, you're considered guilty until proven innocent. Bizarre. Um, like yeah. That's, that's, yeah, it's like it's, it's wrong, and you know p- people are entitled to their presumption of innocence until proven guilty, and that takes it away completely. Mm-hmm. Um, like especially like when there was a case in relation to in in Galway or Mayo, for instance, there was two families feuding. I think it was a number of years ago. Could have been fifteen, uh, fifteen years ago. And what happened was a girl who was in one family accused a son of the other guy in the other family of rape and she was believed and he went to jail for a number of years. Then she felt, felt, felt guilty, admitted that she lied and then she went to jail. I do. Rem- I actually vaguely remember that story. And I, by the way, anybody who makes a false accusation, knowingly makes a false accusation and it's found out that it's a false accusation, they should go to jail. 
Absolutely. And you should, by the way, you should go to jail for the same amount of time as the person that you accused would have went to jail for because it's a dreadful thing to do. And I I hope there are no false accusations in relation to any of these kind of cases. But I want to focus very much in relation to what they're doing on TV. This is not the first, certainly won't be the last uh, time that a a celebrity, it's not going to be you or me or anybody else, it's a celebrity, um, you know, will end up in an hour-long documentary or in this case, almost two hours, an hour and 45 minutes, whatever it was, uh, documentary, you know, about allegations being made against them without any formal charges. Is is that now, the, the argument for it? By the way, is these are journalists and they've worked on this allegedly for two years and they believe it's in the public interest. Well, like if it if it is like if it is in the public interest, you know, I, I want to see hard proof, hard evidence. Like you, you like you, you can't just like someone could bring you down, for instance, and it's completely false, and then it's only after then after you've you've been years out of public um, media. Uh, after having your careers and tattered on false allegations, like what good is this? Just and like a lot of people commit suicide over it, mm-hmm. and you know there's no repercussions, proper repercussions over it. Um, and, I, I'm surprised to see um, that Russell Brand hasn't made a comment since because he is quite outspoken. He doesn't seem to be shy in that sense, but he hasn't spoken since Friday, since before the documentary, where he he obviously addressed it and said and denies all claims, all the allegations. He, but he should be coming after them because they're trying to destroy his career and he hasn't been tried by a trial and jury. So he is innocent and proven guilty. And if I was him, I would be suing whoever put all that out with the Channel 4 or I'm whatever. Sure, I'm sure he will try, yeah. I'm sure he will. Well, well, mind you, you can only sue somebody for defamation if it's not true. That's the yeah, law. But like it, and, it, it will result in that. Well... At the moment, it certainly will, provided, you know, for uh, in Russell's case, that nobody then makes a complaint to the police in relation to the allegations that are being made on the show. So for, for all of those, for all of those not to be sued for defamation or those, uh, I should say, for the Channel 4 not to be sued, they would have to prove in a court of law that he committed those crimes that they've accused him of. So, that's, <laughs> so in other words, what I'm saying to you is, and this is the argument being made by some people, is they wouldn't put out a documentary. And Wayne says, okay, journalists have been wrong in the past. But if you're going to run a story, and if I was going to run a story on the radio about an individual, say you, Morris, or Wayne, or John is on next, about you committing a crime, I have to be 100% sure you committed that crime. Because if you didn't, I'm in trouble. So what I'm saying, let me just go back to Wayne on that. Wayne, we talked about journalists a second ago. But you've got a television station behind this, a large production company. You've got two years of allegedly journalists and investigators looking at this. You know, they they risk massive defamation lawsuits if they're wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. Well, they're taking a risk, but does the risk overcome the reward? Because the reward is they have one of the most sensational stories of the year on somebody who has been um, undercutting their credibility. So... I think there's something to be considered in that regard. Yeah, but a defamation of this this size would be monumental. It would be like a seven, eight-figure sum. It would be, absolutely. But defamation isn't a cut-and-dry thing to try and get through the courts. There's lots of qualifiers. They can keep them in court for as long as they need to. And again, it's just one of those crimes that can be so difficult to prove. Even if they come out, they can say, well, we had information that the police wouldn't accept. There are many mitigating factors that can help them avoid that. And I think that's probably where they've spent their time more so than actually investigating in on this. Because if they did, they would have handed this over to the police, which would usually be the standard practice if you found criminality. I'm assuming any evidence they have, they've handed over to the Met Police. I'm assuming so. Uh, that would have to be the case. Uh, but the Met Police, by the way, have come out, obviously, 
now over the weekend since the documentary has run there has been numerous other claims none of which have been obviously proven or anything like that they're just claims as it is and as i said already some of those could be vexatious some could be genuine we don't know but the met police have asked people to come forward to the police and not to a tv station you try to control you yeah we'll sit we'll stay there for a second let me just go to john as well john hi how are you hi neil john absolutely shocking if it's true but absolutely equally as shocking, if not more shocking, if it's not true. Um, you know, you're talking about that guy, the latest controversy. Um, yeah, well, you know, you know, for, for, for 80 years, Irish people have been kept in, in total ignorance of everything that happens in the world. Uh, like social media did not exist. The internet was a welcome revolution. Now, Nobody suppresses information. Well, almost nobody. But the normal media always walked in fear of a libel suit. And many a rogue got easy money when he or she reached for their lawyer in the four gold mines. Now, one of the few things I like about the USA is the freedom to say what you want about anybody. You can still be sued, by the way, the USA. Sorry? You're still responsible for what you say. You can still be sued. Uh, can you be sued? Because well, you can, yes. Them. Of course you can. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought you could tell all the lies or no. truth. <laughs> no, no, you, absolutely you can still be sued. You, so the, the difference yeah. between, the difference in America and Ireland is we have what they call freedom of expression. They have freedom of speech. And to give you one example, during the uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, trial, before he was even charged, victims went on CNN and told their story. That wouldn't happen in the UK and Ireland. That wouldn't be allowed to happen because that would be clear defamation. So in other words, on those particular occasions, that would be considered to be their story and they can't be sued for that. So there are different ways of suing people. But if I went on the air tomorrow, John, in America, and said something about you or Wayne or any of the callers that wasn't true and was damaging, of course you could sue me. Uh, damaging, yeah, but I'd have to have a kind of a reputation, wouldn't I? Have well, to be everybody has a reputation. We're all born with a reputation. So the, the law yeah. states defamation, you must damage the person's character within the eyes of two or more of their peer. That's all. Now, the yeah. more people you damage, the more people that hear about it, the more money it's worth. Yeah, I, well, yeah, well, trial by social media, uh, perhaps for individuals, uh, or slander or things is not a good thing prior to a trial, a proper trial. But, I mean, any citizen in the USA controlled through lots of videos and TikToks mm. to judge what is CIA misinformation or what are real facts. And long may that be so. I mean, remember, Neil, it was trial by media that led to the ending of the Vietnam War. I'm all for free media uh, when it comes to criticizing. And, and, and so am I. Provided you don't defame people. So in, in, oh, relation, yeah. in relation to this documentary, a 90-minute documentary with five women, well, we didn't actually see the women because they remained anonymous with the exception of one. They were all silhouettes and played by actors or actresses, uh, whichever word you want to use nowadays. Um, so do you believe, is that acceptable or is that trial by media? Now remember, of course, no criminal charges have been made formally to the police, the Met Police in England. So do, do you believe that's trial by media? Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it probably, probably is. But still, I, I, what I don't like, uh, uh, the other side of the coin is, I mean, the Irish police asked people yesterday who took videos of the dreadful assault at Dublin Airport not to post any videos 
online. I understand now, why. We, we, well, we don't. Well, we don't know what happened, Jess. And 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 by the way, I mentioned that at the start of the show that people are saying, "Oh, well, why aren't the media mentioning that it's an asylum seeker?" Because we don't know if it's an asylum seeker. No, we don't. Just because no. a man happens to have black skin doesn't make him an asylum seeker. Yeah, well, of course, some, uh, naturally enough, people, when they see the colour of the skin, they jump to the... Now, it may be an asylum seeker, and if it is, there's questions to be answered. Yeah, you know what I mean? It may yeah, be. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like RTE, for example, they, they, they never told the nation what's happening now in Lampedusa on the island of Italy. It's, you won't, they don't report stuff like that. And a thing like that is probably going to break up the European Union, in fact, what's going on at the moment. I know, sure. But, Ursula van der Leyen is, de- is demanding now European Union countries take more uh, immigrants. But, but I th- we're going off the topics. John, getting back to the documentary, is it fair, is it in the public interest, as they will claim, to expose what they believe is a sexual predator or what they're claiming is a sexual predator? Is, is that in the public interest? Uh, very tricky because uh, a person gets a reputation as a sexual predator, like, uh, and it turns out he isn't. Uh, that's that's a very he's pretty much ruined for life, you know. Um, so yeah, I think you need a little bit of uh, evidence to be able to do stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I, I, maybe, I, I, no, no, I, no, I do, I do, I do understand. And Wayne, you know, just I know you said sometimes you can't come back from you know damaging claims. That people, you know, the people always think there's no smoke without fire. But I suppose a classic example of that would be Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm sure people remember that case going back about two or three years ago. He was portrayed as mm-hmm. guilty in the media, and yet he was proven to be innocent. So he did get a fair trial, I suppose, to some degree. Well, after the fact, and he obviously sued and is continuing to sue. But it is part of that trust issue. Do you trust that the legal system is doing the right thing? Do you trust the police are doing the right thing? Do you trust that the media is doing the right thing? And right now, I think there's less trust in media than those other institutions, although I think trust in all of them is kind of waning a little bit, which is a problem. Yeah, no, no, it is. It is a problem. And by the way, I go back to what John was talking about, which is one of the big stories over the weekend here in Ireland, where they're stabbing at Dublin Airport. And a lot of people, I put the story up just like every other, you know, man stabbed at Dublin Airport. Police have arrested a man in his 40s or 50s or whatever it was in relation to it. And hopefully, by the way, the gentleman that was stabbed, uh, I believe a tourist, uh, sadly, I, I hope he's okay. Uh, he was stabbed multiple times, but thankfully it seems it's not life-threatening. But the individual responsible for that, a lot of people put up the video online. The guards have asked people not to share the video, but I do understand why, because there's assumptions being made. Now, if the press office come back during the week, and I said at the start of the show, and, and you know, um, it's confirmed that it's an asylum seeker, but then there is questions to be asked of the Minister for Justice in relation to immigration or whatever it happens to be. But if not, and it just happens to be a gentleman who did this who is black, I mean, that would be an unfair assumption for people to be making. And that, I think that's why the guards are saying that. So that's why people are not running the story that I know some people would like them to run um, for the moment. Anyway, certainly until we find out exactly uh, who the individual responsible is. Um, stay there for a second, Wayne. Let me go to Carl. Carl, hi, how are you? Niall, how are you? Good, you good, Carl. Getting back to this story, you know, trial by media or in the public interest? It's trial by media at the moment, but it is going to turn into trial by social media very, mm. very soon, I think, personally. Yeah. Um, like, why has it taken six or seven years for this program to be made? Well, they said they, they said I, they've I been watched, compiling it for three years or something like that. So, well, I watched the program the other night myself, the documentary myself, the other night, 
And, like, he has come out and he said, look, okay, I've admitted everything in all the books. Everything was consensual. On his, on, for him to say everything was consensual on his part. He says, I've never hidden anything what I've done with my sex life. I was promiscuous the whole lot in his books. All of a sudden, you have five ladies, four of them who will go incognito, get actors to play them, and destroy and disguise their voices. I mean, if they're accusing a guy of rape, they should be public, they should be made go public with us. You know, if they're going to accuse a guy on social media or TV media, you shouldn't be hiding these people's faces and that. Look what happened to John Leslie as well, going back a good few years ago. Well, I, I, can give you, I can give you numerous stories. What's his name? Michael Lavelle, Kevin from Carnation Street. His life was nearly destroyed by a false allegation. You know, and the papers ran the story, Michael Lavelle accused of raping a schoolgirl, which was completely untrue, by the way, can I just point out. The case was acquitted. The, ju the jury were actually sent out of the courtroom. I won't go into the reason why, because there's an injunction against it. Uh, but if you knew the actual story as to why he was accused, you'd be horrified. Um, Freddie Starr, accusations made against him, so much so the man went into such bad health that he died. I mean, there has been numerous cases of people who've had accusations made against them that were completely untrue. Do you think that if it was... But there had, now, but, uh, to be fair, sorry, Carl, I want to interrupt that. To be fair, and I want to balance that by saying there's been numerous accusations made against people that were completely true too. Yeah, no, I, under, yeah, I, no, I agree with that. But do you think that if it was men making, making accusations about women, they would be made to go public with us and not hide their identity? I mean, I, women seem to be able to hide their identity when they're accusing men. And people who are in, in the TV world or movie world. I, I, I do understand, I mean, when, I, when it comes to crimes like rape or sexual assault, I do understand the anonymity. But as you rightly said, if you're going to the police, I think you should have that right to anonymity. Apart from, obviously, the person you're accusing, they should know who you are, obviously. Um, but you have that right. But I think if you're going to a television station, um, first, before you're even going to the police, I don't believe you should have that right to anonymity. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I agree with you. I don't think they should have that. I mean, what are they looking for out of this? Are they looking for money? Are they looking just to destroy another man's career? I mean, what are they actually Just to say, I would like to think is what they're looking for. I, that's what I'd like to think they're looking for, if that's what really happened. Oh, well, Niall, if it was your, your wife or your daughter, God forbid, or, or a niece that was raped by someone in the TV world or the media world who was raped, wouldn't you say to them, okay, you go to the police, you press charges, you know, we, we'll deal with it, but go to the police and press the charges. Yeah, I wouldn't want them going why to RTE. Yeah, I wouldn't want them going to RTE first. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Why, why go to, why go to a, a media outlet like Channel 4, Dispatches, or BBC2, or The Sun, or The Mirror newspaper, and tell them first before you notify the, the police, the police force of the country? Absolutely crazy. And the other thing I was going to say is, why hasn't he press charges against these women for making false allegations well, well, if they are false. Well, well, time will see. I mean, he literally only found out about it three days ago. So he, he got the letters, according to him and his uh, account of it there a few minutes ago on the last post he put up on Twitter, he only received the letter and the email, I think, uh, two days before the programme for his right to reply. So. Yeah, um, are they going to give him the right... Well, he's, he's been out? given the right to reply, but he did reply. His reply was on Twitter on, on Friday. And he denies that any allegations made against him. He said they're all completely untrue. That's his reply. But, well, what, what he did say was everything was consensual. 
I mean, everything, yeah. I mean, and, and, the and, documentary, they showed it at the very end of the documentary. Yeah. And he said he's made no secret about the fact that he's promiscuous, he was addicted to sex, that he was on drugs. Um, he makes no secret about, you know, he said, I've been fully transparent about everything in his life. That's what he says. Obviously, these women make um, an accusation that he hasn't. Like, but even if you look at one... But if you if you listen to a stand-up show, if you've seen the documentary, a stand-up show, I mean, he's talking about sexual encounters with women and what he was doing and, you know, what he'd like to do. I mean, he, he did come clean with that before the documentary. Actually, He, 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 he did this in a stand-up show before the documentary was aired. Mm. Yeah. You know where I'm coming from? Yeah. No, no, I, I absolutely understand. I, I got to just take a quick break. Stay there for a second, Carl. James and Maureen are going to come to you in a second. Uh, we got to just take a quick break back after this. The Nile Boylan Podcast. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text Ireland on 085 100 2255. Did I say that too fast? Slow it down. That was me trying to do the effect. 085 100 2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. James, hi. How are you doing? James, are you there? Sorry. Hi, you know. Good afternoon. Go ahead, James. No, can you hear me? Oh, I think we've got a little bit of an issue there. I'm going to have to get the um, maybe if our producer can get James, Carl, and Maureen back again. We just have a slight issue there. Uh, we'll do that now. Um, in the interim... What I am going to do is, uh, a lot of people, by the way, were talking about the interview uh, with Russell Brand and Jimmy Savile when he worked back in 2007 on BBC Radio. Uh, have a quick listen to this that was played in the documentary, and it is quite damning, actually. Have a quick listen to this. That to be true. It'd be very nice to meet you one day, Mr Jimmy Savile, just, well, you know. if you've got a sister, you could meet me by bringing her along. I, I mean, I haven't got any sisters, I but... I don't usually meet fellas, but if you've got a sister, that's OK. I've got a personal assistant called Marsha, and part of her job description is that anyone I demand she um, greets, meets, massages, she has to do it. She's very attractive, Jimmy. Well, that's 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 a good start. What a kind good of start? You could send her along to do some research. Would you like her to wear anything in in particular, Sir Jimmy? I'd actually prefer her to wear nothing. Right. So you want Marsha, my assistant, to meet you naked? Okay. Well, that's that's not going to be that's not going to be a problem. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, Jimmy. It's just the last na- time I spoke like this was to Father Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah, I never trusted those Father Christmases in Debenhams or other stores. They're available. Oh, I said stores instead of shops. I've been in America too long. I don't. I don't trust the Father Christmases you get these days, Jimmy. I think you. Perhaps you should be. Uh, I think you're. Uh, I've always thought of you as a sort of a Father Christmas figure. You know, oh, solving I problems. Under dropping wages. <laughs> Jimmy, it's it's been divine of you uh, to talk to me in this restaurant. Thank you very much. Um, I wonder, could um, would you pass on my best wishes to your beautiful dinner companion, and uh, perhaps you'd consider coming on the show again in the future? Who knows? Sorry about that. There you go. That's when he spoke to Jimmy Savile. Seems quite it. now, mind you. You got to remember that was before Jimmy Savile was outed. And okay, it was a little bit crude at the start. He was offering up his producer naked to massage Jimmy Savile. And that kind of conversation happened. And what we know about Jimmy Savile now, it seems completely inappropriate. But maybe at the time, if you look at it with different glasses, ah, look, it still seems inappropriate, to be honest with you, whatever way you look at it. Uh, sorry, let me go back to James again. James, hi, how are you? 
Afternoon to Niall. Uh, James, I mean, let's get back to the documentary itself, Dispatches, uh, in plain sight. Do you believe that it was in the public interest or is it trial by media? It's trial by media, Niall. It's, it's you know, the simple fact is this. Um, he's all, as, as has been alluded to loads of times, he's always shared what he was like when he was, he was basically riding left, right and centre. He's always said that. Anybody who knew, like if, if a woman met him one night, she knew there wasn't going to be a relationship with it. She knew when, when with him it was a wham bam, thank you, man. And I, I don't mean to demean women in any way. No, no, no. There was a, there was a suggestion he was sleeping with at one point five women a day. I wouldn't be surprised because mm. look, any, any woman that you know kind of lowers herself to sleep with that type of person, thinking that oh, I'll sleep with him, because and also probably some women who might have done it might have think to themselves, oh, geez, if I sleep with him, become a girlfriend, get on his arm, in a few pictures, I might up my own profile as well. But he just comes across as the type of person at that time where he'd sleep with somebody and more or less saying, listen, hang on, I'll call you a taxi. And push them out the door and have someone come in an hour later. That's the type of person that he seemed to be at the time. Now, he says he's married now, two children, he's changed. We're all allowed to change now. But um, I do think, though, looking at this whole scenario is, I do think it's a trial by media. I think what should have happened was they should never have put this out. These women should have went to the police, made the allegations to the police, let the police decide whether it was something there to investigate. Let the police contact them and then take it from there. Because Okay, the, argu- the argument is by the TV company and by the newspapers and by everybody else who believes it's the right way to do things is that if women individually go to a police, um, that has happened in the past, that it gets pushed to one side, it's not investigated because of who he is, um, it's kind of ignored, whereas it can't be ignored when you've got such a sensational documentary where now the whole world knows about it. Absolutely, Noel, but let's look at it this way. Just just say, no, don't get me wrong, Noel. If it's true, I hope he burns in hell, right? Let me just state that from the thing. If this is found to be true and he did do this, I hope he burns in hell because no one should do that to any woman or any man. But, you know, to me, I, I just look at the situation and you have a lot of people saying it's the, it's down to the fact that you know, how he's changed, he's going after people now, he's more or less spilling the dirt on people, and a lot of people are not happy about that. I don't know, Niall, I, I'm not in that field. I don't but know that's, whether... That's the kind of conspiracy know. theory, isn't it? Because, that's because. Thing, no, but, no. and by the way, can I just point out, he was left-wing up to about four or five, up to the COVID, so he was very much yeah. left-wing. In fact, actually, yeah. he burst onto a show where Katie Hopkins was to give out to her because he didn't believe in conspiracy theories, all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, he shifted to the right over the last two yeah. or three years, uh, particularly yeah. during COVID-19. So um, that's why he believes they're after him. And he believes yeah. it's a setup. And he believes this is all basically being set up by the media to get rid of him. No, no, it is quite possible. But like, if you look at how the media have portrayed themselves over the last couple of years, um, the member of the royal family who always turned around and said, no, I never met that woman. And then his mother pays her off to the tune of, what, £14 million? You know what I mean? You have the situation going on with Je- Je- with Epstein. None of that has ever been looked at, you know? So the, when when you look at it, you know, you look at that sort of conspiracy, you're saying to yourself, well, then why don't you go after these people? Suddenly you're going after this guy. The same with, as, as he has mentioned himself with Joe Rogan. Everybody went after Joe Rogan saying, oh, you know, cancel him off Spotify and stuff like that. But then Spotify kind of looked at the situation and they looked, Spotify looked at the bottom line. Oh, they're making too much money out of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah, and that's it. And that's where it all comes down to now. And I think a lot of this comes down to money. I think a lot of what they're hoping is that 
they make the accusations because let's be honest now, it's a, there's only one other uh, worse accusation that a man can have hurled at him than being accused of being a rapist, and we know what that is. I'm not even going to say it. Yeah. And um, well, mind you, he, well, well, I'm not going to say he's been accused of that too because 16 is the age of consent yeah. in the United Kingdom. 16 is the illegal age. In yeah, the UK, yeah, absolutely. But in saying that, morally, people are going to view this very bad. That in that documentary, they accuse him of having a relationship and grooming. That was the word they used in the documentary. A 16-year-old girl who he took her virginity and treated her somewhat like a toy and then uh, sexually abused her so much so that she had to punch him in the stomach to get him away from her. So that was another accusation that was made during the show by a girl who, whose name was Alice, obviously not her real name, um, you know, that she yeah. was 16 at the time. That's a pretty damning accusation. Uh, absolutely not. But, then, you know, absolutely. But the simple, as you said, the, the key words there, it's an accusation. Anybody now, now again, I want to anybody point anybody out that his management and his lawyers, because his lawyers, repl- seemingly she had written to his uh, PAs or his PR company or whatever it was in the past, and they basically sent her a solicitor's letter saying, this is completely untrue, go away. Yeah. Look, the way, the way I look at it, Niall, is that, you know, it is absolute trial by media. Even the Irish media, some of the so-called journalists, I, I know there's one on Twitter yesterday, from a so-called journalist who happened to mention that she used to work for a Sunday newspaper and she started calling him. She had a picture of her posing with him. Delighted to look on her face posing with this guy. And she said under the word, Sleas. So she's jumping on the bandwagon. Well, look, I, I, I've seen a lot of people but I put up pictures with him saying, I always knew there was something dodgy about him. I'm kind of saying to myself, well, then why did you have a picture taken when there was a smile on your face? I, you know, that's that's yeah. a whole different issue. But, but in relation, James, and everybody is going to take advantage of it. Anybody, there was another story in the paper there today about somebody who worked in the entertainment industry in, I don't know, the Three Arena or somewhere where he played here in Ireland and was kind of saying, oh, yeah, I kind of knew there's something dodgy going on. So everybody can say that after the fact. Do you know what I mean? Of course. There's no, by the way, there's no law against being a creep or a scumbag. Do you know what I mean? Of course not. Of course not. Yeah. And but but in saying that, there is a law against being a rapist or a sexual assaulter. And if indeed, if he, and indeed, if he's guilty of that, he should go to, he should be charged and he should go to court. And that's the thing now. See, but, but what happens now is, what, what's going to happen now is the police will probably turn around and say, well, look, we're now investigating this. And this will drag on for years. And then probably what will happen, and unfortunately now, it seems to be less than 3% of convictions in this. For, for stuff that does genuinely happen to, to women and men. So I think what, what could happen is then is it, this could drag out for absolutely years. It'll all be totally forgotten about. But in the meantime, his career will absolutely be destroyed. But, if, will it, but here's the thing. Will his career be destroyed? Because he's not in the media anymore. He's on social media. And he makes quite a substantial amount of money. His podcast goes out live on Twitter, similar to this one. And uh, but yeah. obviously he has 4.2 million followers, so makes substantially yeah. a lot of money. And I'm, I mean, yeah. he's making probably I don't know a couple of million a year out of it. So does probably. he? He doesn't need the mainstream media. Well, no, he he probably doesn't. Know, but look, at the end of the day, would you want that? Tar- As I said, to you, there's one other thing worse than that. But would you even want that thing? You no, know. you wouldn't. Now, no, you'd want. No, if you were no, if you were innocent, you want you'd want to shout it from the rooftops and prove it. I, I, if, if it was me, Niall, if, if I was not, if it was me, what I would simply do is I, straight away I would sue Channel Four, I would sue dispatches, and then I would simply say, "This is the way it is, lads. You have proof, right? Let's get in front of a judge. If you knew you were innocent, if it was me, I'd have I'd have them in the high court first thing on a Monday morning saying, "Right, you've accused me of one of the most heinous crimes going." 
you let's let's get it in front of a judge and let's let a judge and a jury decide because it should not be done in social media. But what what you'll see now, Niall, is probably over the next couple of weeks, if more stuff comes out, either way, if people are coming well, out, well, there's like, already more stuff coming out. Yeah, I mean, there's already more claims being made. Now, of course, you can't verify those. By the way, his father has come out. Russell Brown's father is 80. He furiously defends his son against rape and sexual assault claims. He abused women and suggested that the BBC are pursuing a vendetta against his son. Now, now, mind you, remember, his father is the one who hired prostitutes from when he was 17 years of age, according to his own book. Yeah. No, no, look, I, I just look, I think, I think it's horrendous. I think it is absolute trial by media. And, you know, but, but as I said, what I would do, Niall, is I would simply say to Channel 4 and dispatches, right, lads, we're, we're doing this grand. I'll see you in the High Court next week. I would sue them. And what I would simply do now, and now, by doing that then, I suppose then you would make the women who have made the allegations then stand up in the court of law and say what has happened. But some of this, Niall, and I, again, I hope this doesn't come across wrong, but some of this could be... You know, hell has no fury like a woman scorned as well. Oh, no, I'm, uh, absolutely. I'm well aware that some of it... Co- I'm well aware it could be untrue, and I'm well aware it could be true. We don't actually know. Like, and that's the problem when you have trial by media, that we're left in a position where the general public are left to make a decision as to who they believe, which is really sad. Stay there, James. Let me just go to Maureen as well. Maureen, hi. How are you? Hi, Niall. How are you? Maureen, did you see the documentary? No, I didn't. I just saw a, a clip of it. Here and there, in a clip that you showed, that you showed. Okay, and um, what and what do you think? Oh, I think it's again trial by media, media prosecutor, judge and jury. Mm. We've, we, I mean, we've seen it happen, not just now, right. down through the years. And look what they did to Cliff Richard. Yep, yeah, that's right. The BBC right? should the BBC yeah. ran a live event with the police raiding his yeah. home, and it turned out to be yeah. nothing in there. So that was shocking. It was shocking. But, yeah, it was shocking. But, I mean, anyone who knows, Russell Brand had a comedy show last night. His comedy show went on in London. wasn't even cancelled. And as far as I know, he has never been even questioned by the police. Oh, was it? Did, 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 did he actually appear? May, did he actually appear he last did, yeah. night? He did, he did, yeah. He did, and he got a standing ovation. Okay, okay. And um, there was one woman, is, it, is she from back from 2003? But this is 2023. I know. So, I, should there not be statute even of limitations on these things? Well, there is in America. There's a 10-year statute of limitation in America, but you can still take a civil yeah, case. But, yeah, there's, yeah, but you see, hmm. it, like the, the women making these accusations, like, first of all, you don't run to the media with them. I mean, I know it was me. The first four to call would be police station. Do you believe there should be a statute of limitations when it comes to sexual I assault? I do, I do. But, I but, do but yeah, but if that was the case, Maureen, hang on, let me just clarify something for you. If we had a statute of limitation on sexual assault, if that was the case, all those children who were abused by priests and clergy and all those other individuals, sadly, that were sexually abused would have never been able to take a case. No, they wouldn't. But we have to have something, Niall. Because if this is how it's going to continue, we're going to have this. This and I do is called trial by media. So it's never going to stop and it's never ending. So they can go and drag something back from 20 years ago as well. Hmm. So something has to happen, James. Do you believe? Well, J- James, do you believe there should be a statute of limitation? Um, on serious crimes, no, no, uh, rape, uh, murder, uh, manslaughter, child abuse, no. But smaller stuff like robbery and, and things like that, yes. But on something serious, but 
maybe a, 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 a certain limit, like what you said, 10 years in the, in the US. US 10 years. Six, ten. You, by the way, there, in Ireland, there's a six-year statute of limitations on civil cases. You know, in other words, yeah, you want to sue yeah. somebody. You can't do it after yeah, six years. Yeah. But Yeah, you see, hindsight for us, Niall, it's very easy to say that, but if you're wearing... The, like, see, the thing about... Oh, Niall, yeah, but Maureen is kind of saying, if something happened in 2003, why are you waiting 20 years to come forward? Y yeah, like, there, there, and there is that issue as well. Like, if it happened two or three years ago, I could understand them coming forward now. But it's the fact that it happened 20-odd years ago. And now, of course, we'll, we'll have some people who will come out and say, well, you know, I was raped in 2001, and, you know, I didn't know that it was. Like, I was also reading stuff yesterday. There was one particular woman who, who said that she met him in a nightclub. They went back to his place. He tried her on. She pushed him away. He said, and he's like, all right, love. I'm quoting her now. She kind of, he went, all right, love. Uh, I respect your wishes. And she says they basically fell asleep and cuddled for the night. So, and then another woman came across and said the same thing. So, you will have other women who will simply turn around and say, well, yeah, look, he tried it on me. Like, he's always said he was a deviant, Niall. But, but also, the, the fact is, I think people might forget about this. <coughs> if you're in this situation where you are a mega celebrity, which you was, and you have women throwing themselves at you, why would you have to force women, force yourself on women? Like, if you were in that situation, you said to some woman, you fancy it, she says no, you go, grand. The one next beside you will. You know what I mean? So, and again, I don't mean to do, to be demeaning women, but I, but then again, any woman that would want to be with with something like him as well is. You know, well, that's, well, that's a whole other question, Maureen, isn't it? About the morals yeah, of the whole thing. Also, yeah, yeah, but it's also possible too. You see that um, he's not the I use the word pissing off somebody in a high up position, right? This could be just for me as a witch hunt. Well that's, well, that's what he's suggesting. He's suggesting they are setting him with the media. Yeah, he could have something yeah. on somebody now because he was going against the narrative, you know that, and he was going against the establishment. And once you do that, we're seeing it here in this country already. Stay there for a second, uh, if you can, uh, Maureen. Let me go to Norman as well. Norman, hi, how are you? Hello, and hi. Not the bad grand yourself. Good. Norman, now, I mean, I don't know, do you think this is trial by media or is it in the public interest? No, it's it's definitely tried by media. It, it's absolutely disgraceful. It's in the interest of nobody, certainly not uh, victims or... Well, it, well, it is in the interest people. of the victims, isn't it? It's giving them a, an opportunity to speak out without having to go to the police. Well, it, that's assuming they are victims. Well, that's assuming they are victims, yes, you're right. You're right, assuming yeah, they yeah. are victims. So, yeah, but, but if they're not... Yeah. Mm. Well, they're that's claiming... The whole, whole point. Well, it is, yeah, they're claiming they're victims, but you're right, yeah. they may yeah. not be victims. That's up to a jury. That's up yeah. to a jury to decide. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was years ago, a couple of years ago, on on a jury, a foreman of a jury on a murder trial for a drug uh, gang lord. Oh, you and, were you um, were the foreman of a, a jury. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was very, very, very interesting, very illuminating, I must say. You know, mm. and um, you know, the majority of us uh, thought the person was guilty, mm -hmm. but uh, you have to. Uh, the, the whole the whole cornerstone of our justice system is that the evidence is presented, and uh, it wasn't. Yeah. So, so you that, don't you, you don't believe as as they say in America, the person was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, or you, or you believed he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we 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 eight people thought he was guilty. There was uh, three of us who were. Undecided, so we, we were looking at the forensic evidence uh, of say the right the way the person was killed, and it was, it was depending on how the the knife 
how don't go know. into too much detail about the particular case, but I get the gist. No, of what okay, you're yeah. So and the evidence, uh, the forensic evidence was was, was abysmal. So we, mm. we couldn't, you couldn't uh, see if it was an attack or defence, mm. basically. So um, yeah, that's it, and yeah. you can't you can't just uh, jump, even if you think the person, yeah. even if you think the person is guilty, you can't just throw that aside. So is there any place in society on television for these kind of expose documentaries? No, 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 no whatsoever. No, it's not the same. Like you know, uh, with Cliff Richard, I think the other yeah, lady mentioned. Yeah, mentioned. Yes. Yeah, and you know that, that turned out not to be true. Just, yeah, yeah, that's 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 horrible. That, that that's uh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 and. In a lot of people's eyes, he will still be always be tainted with that accusation. I always you know? remember. I remember that actually, and I'm sure Maureen does too. The yeah. BBC actually had helicopters flying helicopters. over his house, yeah. uh, covering it live while the police were raiding his home. He wasn't even there; he was on holidays at the time. And they took another thing you Another thing you and I, yeah. you remember, um, Jill Dando. I do. Yeah, yeah. Jill Dando was beginning to expose. But she was beginning to find out what was happening within the BBC as well. Yeah. And uh, she got bumped off. She did. I mean, the, the, and then they blamed the wrong guy for killing her. Entertainment business, even in the BBC, any of these places, and I leave them through our own RT. It's a cutthroat business. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they'd cut the throat. They'd cut your own throat to save themselves. It is a cutthroat business to be in, and I certainly wouldn't like to be in it. But I mean, it can happen. It could happen to any one of us. Like it can happen to anybody. That's the problem. Stay th- well, okay, stay there a second. Let me just go to uh, Tony. Tony, hi, how are you? Hello, Noel, how are you? Good. Tony, nice to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony, I, I, I think everybody is almost in agreement today. Is it trial by media or is it in the public interest? Certainly, I'm in agreement as well. Certainly, I'm in agreement with that theory as well. Because what happens is, Noel, it's almost impossible for a man, if he goes out, just like and he meets a woman, and I was familiar with a case a few years ago, and it was absolutely horrendous. I knew this lad. It's almost impossible for to prove your innocence. If you go off with a woman, whether you go to a hotel or you go to an apartment or whatever you do, and if you have consensual sex, there's nothing stopping that woman a day later or a week later, ever just going down to the police station and reporting the race. And then that person is sullied with that. Uh, like, and what happened in the case I was familiar with is the man went off with a woman. She really fancied him. They went off to a hotel room and they had consensual sex. He unfortunately had a partner and two kids who he was temporarily away from. The girl asked him just like the following morning, like when they were going to see each other, he says, look, I'll give you a ring, Seth. And the girl wasn't happy with that. She wants to make some concrete arrangements because she's hard to start the relationship. So a day or two later, she went to the police station and she reported race. That's, well, that's shocking, yeah. It put the man through absolute horrendous torture. His family, he swore blind to everybody, the police, the police. Yeah, but just took the young lady's word for it. He was hauled in, he was charged only for the blessings of God. She had a friend with her, and the friend just couldn't take it. The friend just couldn't take the lawyers because it was all over the newspapers. 
And the friend's father said to her, look, he says, I don't know what happened. He says, he said, well, just go and tell the truth. And the girl went to the police station after a lot of persuasion from her father, just to tell the truth, whether it was one way or the other. And the girl spilled out the truth, and the charges were dropped. So in other words, she told the police, listen, my friend is lying. She told me it was consensual. She said she's lying through her teeth. She's really fancy the slope. Wow. For the last couple well, of you, know, you know, can I just say, Tony, I've said this before. If it's proven that a person does that intentionally... And he's guilty. They, he, she oh, should go to jail. God. She should be charged and go to jail. Oh, she should go. Oh, there should be something accountable... If it's proved, if, in a way, and I don't mean, I don't mean a case where somebody's just not found guilty. I mean, if it's proved that somebody's selling lies, yes. She got off scot-free and she got a warning off the police. And that was it. His partner had found out at this stage. He had two young kids. They were just like, luckily enough, like they were separated for a week or so at that time. And he said, I wasn't with But I'm, I'm assuming his whole life was turned upside down. Yeah. Every single thing, his parents, his parents had a pub. But so you can imagine, headlines on the paper and his parents on the pub. People were coming in, oh, what happened next? What happened? Oh, that's not on, he shouldn't have done that. Oh, it just turned the man, and as you said, it sticks for the rest. It stuck him for a few years. Luckily enough, he was able to pick up with his life. He was able to move on. But his trust in people in general just went down the chill. Okay, but for somebody, but, but let me get back to Russell Brand if I can. But for somebody like him, well, maybe not particularly Russell Brand, but certainly anybody in the media could damage damage their career. Uh, yeah, but not just that, Noel. He has spoken out about things, about COVID and things like that. And there seems to be a trend now. Like, there seems to be a trend, and it's worldwide. They seem to go after anyone who speaks out against the narrative. You want to watch yourself. You want to watch yourself there too, Tony. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay, but we're getting back to the TV program. Do you believe that these kind of TV programs have any public interest whatsoever, or is it just unfair? Uh, no, like I don't watch them because um, there was something I saw about there was something I saw about the Epstein suicide. And that was just lunacy. The two guards fell asleep. And the camera and the, the closed circuit TV and the CCTV conveniently wasn't working. Sort of a mob man that was, a, that was up for murder and things like that. I mean, there were so many things on the flight log still haven't been published. I know, it, it is quite a concerning thing. Uh, well, so let me go to Bernie as well, just before I finish up here today. Bernie, hi, how are you? I'm Grant, how are you, Niall? Good, Bernie, did you watch the documentary? On dispatches on, on Russell Brand. No, I don't watch documentaries because there's always it's not just the person who the, the documentary is about, but I always think of the people who are surrounding that person who are innocent bystanders in it and who, you know, are caught up in something that they know they mightn't even know about. And I just don't think it, it should be given airtime. Mm-hmm. There's enough thing, you know, like, I just don't think it's right to do documentaries on things like that. Like, we have our own case going on here at the moment where he's getting airtime, and that's disgraceful about all the families in, in uh, the John Gilligan thing. Yeah. And that should not be allowed on air at all. That is absolutely so disrespectful to all the families that have been destroyed by drugs and all the people who are, you know, who were surrounded in the murder of that um, Orla Veronica, Veronica Guerin, yeah. Veronica, sorry. Yeah. sorry you know what I mean? I, I know our brother Jimmy. Our brother Jimmy has condemned the documentary as being insensitive. 
Yeah. yeah, it's completely disrespectful to everybody concerned and uh, it doesn't matter. And they're coming across as, you know, trying to make themselves out to be human. No, they're not. They're inhuman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I was just, I've just seen the headlines about the Russell Brand thing. And to be honest, I, I, he always struck me as uh, I watched some of his things on YouTube and he, he's out there. But I mean, it's, it's not my, I'm not making a judgment on anyone and I don't see why we should have to watch something but from somebody else's perspective, we need to know the full facts about things before we start making documentaries on them. Well, should we even cases. be making documentaries with the full facts? Is it not up to a judge no. and a jury to decide? No, I think it's honestly not, nothing, it shouldn't be in the public. I think it should be, you're right, it's in the law, it's in the courts, and that's where it should be discussed and, and dealt with. Mm. I mean, you can always, there's always been, you know, I mean, I was there at the weekend, there was a John F. Kennedy story about his sister, you know, like, uh, you know, there's all these stories. It, it doesn't mean anything, you know. I mean, you have to look after yourself. You know, you have to res- you have to use your own initiative and judgment. Yeah. And you know what's right and wrong. And I don't need to see a documentary t- showing somebody else's perspective or something. And they might have completely incorrect information because there is a loads of wrong information out there about every subject in the world. All right, listen, Bernie. I appreciate you coming on at the end, and that's some words of wisdom at the end. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, all Thank right. You. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Um, I do apologise to everybody. I know a lot of people wanted to get on and we would have loved to give everybody the time to get on today. Um, but we have to do another interview shortly as well. Uh, and I'll release that later on in our podcast too, which will be very interesting when I'll be talking to Harvey Proctor, who himself um, was falsely accused many, many years ago. Um, and he knows he's been in that position. So he's going to talk to us about what Russell Brand would be feeling like now. And we'll put that out on podcast a little bit later on. Uh, but in the meantime, some of your messages coming in. Michael Cully says, uh, so why didn't the woman go against him before he started talking out against the government? Oh, that's right. It didn't happen. Uh, this uh, Something about this man alone. The system is a complete joke. The system is ruled by villains. Um, Russell has spoken numerous times, according to David, uh, during podcasts in the last few years. And they do this all of the time that they can get anyone. He has been speaking the truth and exposing corporate lies for many years. Holly says, trial by media and by social media. Innocent until proven guilty. Um, and that's what a lot of people are saying the same. I'm, I'm, you heard it from nearly every caller today. And nobody is casting judgment on whether the women are telling the truth, whether he's telling the truth. What people are saying is, this is not the way justice works. We don't have a documentary on somebody and make accusations against them before they get a day in court. And I spoke to Harvey Proctor before about this. Very famous British politician whose accusations were made against him many, many years ago and destroyed his political career. And I, I spoke to him in relation to this. And both of us agreed at the time that nobody's name should ever be released in relation to accusations of rape or sexual assault or paedophilia or any of those horrible things that could damage your career if they're not true. Nobody should ever be named until you get into a courtroom. Until charges are made against you, until you're in a courtroom and you're found guilty of a crime. Because it's so damaging. Whether you're found innocent or guilty, it doesn't really matter. People will associate you with the crime because there's always the people out there, sadly, who are too stupid to understand justice, who will turn around and say, there's no smoke without fire. They're the idiots of society. The ones who say there's no smoke without fire are the idiots of society. Unfortunately, they don't have the, the logic or the computing power within their brain to understand that somebody actually might be innocent of a crime. And equally, people tell lies. We can't just believe everything everybody says because people make up things, be it for money or just for revenge. And we've seen that in the past, be they men and women. Obviously, when it comes to a crime of a sexual nature, it tends more so to be women. 
I'm not suggesting that every single rape accusation or sexual assault accusation is made up because it certainly isn't. And they should all be taken seriously. Every victim or potential victim should be listened to. But should they be believed, that argument? No. Nobody should be believed. The only people that decide if somebody should be believed is a jury. That's their job. It's not our job. It's not social media's job to decide whether who we believe is guilty or not. And judging by what people are saying today, it certainly isn't the job of a television station to run a documentary before even any charges are actually made. There is no doubt that Russell Brand, in some people's eyes, is a creep. There is no doubt he's promiscuous. There's no doubt he's immoral, depending on your morals, in his behavior towards women. But none of that is a crime. It's not a crime to be a deviant. It's not a crime to be perverted. It's not a crime to be a scumbag. It's not a crime to be loose when it's with your sexuality. None of those things are crimes. But it is a crime to do it without consent. And he claims that throughout his career, which he, by the way, he's always been very transparent about his sexual addiction, um, that he has always had consent. Remember, of course, the law clearly states he's innocent till proven guilty. At this point, he hasn't been proven guilty of any crime. And that's entirely up to the police to charge him if they believe there's charges to be made and those people to come forward. And it's up to the courts to decide whether he's guilty or not. I think I agree with what someone said today by a lot of people. If you genuinely want justice and you're a victim of a crime, you go to the police. You don't go to Channel 4 or the BBC for that matter. Now, there is an investigation within Channel 4 and Big Brother to the accusations made about his behaviour towards the, in the Big Brother programme and also accusations made to when he works on the BBC. They also uh, have a full investigation ongoing as to whether there were complaints made at that time. As of yet, they've made no statements in relation to that. Uh, some of the other comments that are coming in the line, by the way. Uh, Russell is exposing the propaganda narrative of the World Economic Forum. They surely want him silenced. Uh, I don't like him, but innocent and proven guilty, says Mary Coyne. Pete Madden says he must be annoying somebody. He's only speaking the truth. Hopefully this will all backfire. Uh, many people would say, you know, this could destroy his career. But this won't destroy Russell Brand's career because Russell Brand is quite outspoken and doesn't seem to care. It will destroy his career, by the way, if he's guilty. Of course it'll destroy his career because he'll go to jail if he's guilty of a crime. But it'll be interesting to see what he has to say when he comes back. He hasn't been on Twitter for the last three days. I wasn't aware of Maureen said he is doing a live tour at the moment and he actually showed up to perform on Saturday night. That would have been interesting. Seemingly he got a standing ovation. I don't know. Maybe that's in the wrong. Maybe it's in the right. We don't know. We'll, we won't know till he appears in the courtroom. If indeed he does appear in a courtroom, if indeed he is actually charged with anything at all. As I said already, the Met Police in London have said, so far, there has been no charges. So far, nobody's been questioned and nobody's been interviewed because they've never had, they've had no formal complaints. It's an interesting story, apart from anything else. And maybe one we can learn from that trial by media is not the way that we operate as society. By the way, don't forget, you can support our podcast if you want to. All you've got to do is go to our website, nileboylan.com. All we're asking you for is a fiver a month. Many people have already done that. I thank you very much. For those of you who can't afford it, because I know there's a crisis at the moment, a cost of living crisis, and I know many people don't have a huge amount of money, and I completely understand that. That's why every single day you can watch it live and listen to it live free of charge. If you want to watch any of the back episodes or you want to watch them on the, on the website, we ask you to register. And all we ask is for a fiver 
to support the show, support us to continue to produce this show every single day. The three of us work hard to make sure that you get a good program every single day and to make sure that we give you an opportunity to have your voice on the air. Uncensored. So all you got to do is go to our website to support us. It's a fiver a month, the price of a pint of beer. It's not bad, is it? So please do it. I know it sounds a bit beggy, doesn't it? But it's important to us because if we can't continue to do that, we can't continue to do this. If you understand what I mean, it costs money to do this. So listen, thank you very much indeed to everybody who supported us and thank you to those of you who may go today and do it. Do it now, actually, if you get a chance. Go to nileboylan.com. Don't forget the video of this episode will be up later on on Twitter in about two hours and um, you can download it if you just want to listen to it in all the usual places, uh, you know, the usual Spotify's and iTunes and Amazon Music and everywhere else or indeed you can go to our website, download it there as well or listen to it there, stream it, whatever way you want to do it. They're all available on our website, www.nileboylan.com. I'll talk to you again tomorrow, the same time at 12 o'clock. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.